something. Yeah, but. yeah. This might be a good time to mention that this is the beginning of our sixth year. So yeah, hey. congratulations, guys! It's crazy. It's re- since we're talking about crazy timelines here, like that's, it's, you know, here, here we are. It's been three years since you've been able to talk about gears three and a half years, actually. I know. Yeah. And we're yeah. still it's friends gone by quickly too. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I love true. you guys even more than before. Oh, geez. Um, brothers till the end. Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 248, and I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Scott. And I'm Ash. Wow. That was gross. This is October, guys. This is my favorite month. Ka-chow. It's yeah. my favorite month, too, man. Yeah. It's actually nice enough outside in Florida to walk outside without <laughs> instantly disintegrating like the end of Indiana Jones. Uh, will, the nicest thing about moving north is fall that i actually get fall now so <laughs> yeah yeah we, yeah, you, we you just, actually get seasons fall is coming yeah 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 like i actually get like it's like 60 out today like all day long and sunny it's nice it, it was, was just talking crazy talk it was rainy for a little bit but it was like it's now you wake up in the morning it's crisp it's like low 50s and then you the, throughout the day it gets to be like upper 60s it's just it's perfect wow Are you guys jealous yet yeah, totally, kinda. totally. Anytime people talk about weather, other than the weather that we experience here in the bog, I get jealous. Get out of Summer's there, guys. Brutal, man. Get out of Summer's there. I know. Try I know. And, try and. I got to sell my mud hut and move on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, well, we're at the start, I guess, of the holiday game season, and we haven't recorded a regular episode for a while, so we've got a lot to talk about. Um Truth. Yeah, in our reviews, we're going to talk about Gears of War 4 and Forza Horizon 3, as well as Luke Cage, uh, Oceanhorn, and The Final Station. And then we'll do some news about some um, new games coming to subscription services this week. And then in our question of the week, we ask, what game, DLC, TV show, or movie release are you most excited about this fall slash winter season? Cool. And we got a bunch of answers, so thank you for... Uh, participating in our Naquato as always, and we'll yeah. get to those a little bit later on. Yeah, but right now, Sounds this good. episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. What's that stalking up behind you? This month's Loot Crate is filled with terrifyingly terrific and frighteningly fun collectibles and apparel from your favorite horror franchises. Stay together, don't try to start your car, and for God's sake, don't trip over anything. In this crate, chow down with Freddy... Chow down? <laughs> with freddy krueger i actually didn't write this line <laughs> this is this is all them in this crate chow down with freddy krueger show your camp spirit and join a deadly team each and every crate, show each and every crate comes with an exclusive t-shirt as well as unique items from your favorite franchises uh so go to lootcratecom slash rated na and use the code rated na and get a 10 uh, percent discount help out the podcast and get some cool stuff that's going to be horror themed for october which is rad I thought Ash's embellishment for this one was actually pretty good. Thanks, man. Lie. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, but I can like spot it like a mile away. Like it's like it's not even kind of trying. I feel like anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was really happy because they actually sent us the copy for this month in a text form that I could copy, and I didn't Ooh. have to retype the whole thing. Look so you. thanks, well, Luke Crate. <laughs> thanks, Luke Crate. Yeah, head over to Luke Crate. Help us out. LukeCrate.com/slash/ratedna. Uh, they do. Uh, Ash, what have you been up to? 
Uh, so I guess both Scott and I are going to talk a little bit about Hurricane Matthew for a minute. Um, short version is everything is fine. My house is fine. Nobody I know uh, personally got hurt. There you know, were some 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 deaths, uh, you know, a lot of deaths, of course, in Haiti and a number of uh, yeah. deaths in Florida as well. Not a, not a ton, but some from falling trees and stuff like that. So hurricanes are no laughing matter. But as a Floridian, it's something I've been dealing with since I was a little kid. And we we kind of um, don't take it as seriously as we should. Sometimes the news media for Hurricane Matthew was fucking crazy this yeah. year, though. They were they were like, you need to. You need to just stock up and everything, or you are going to die. Yeah, I mean, that was it was a like weird. <laughs> the the local really news lives for this. They live yeah, for this, it, man. It was really intense, but um, so we, you know, we kind of weathered the storm. Uh, it was weird because it was my first time like going through one of these big hurricanes with a child. So it was a very different thought process. Like normally I'd be like out running around, like you know, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to hop on a skateboard with an umbrella and like scoot around town and stuff like that. Obviously not going to do that now, but, um, you know, we, we had some, some branches and stuff fall down. We ended up losing power for a little less than a day. I think we were out for close to 12 hours, which yeah. is nothing, you know, in yeah. the grand scheme of oh, things. Yeah. Uh, so we just kind of like had a, a power off day and, you know, made some, some food by candle, which was delicious. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, so you want to hear my MacGyver, what I did? I yeah, saw what you did, so, but yeah, You us. saw what I did? I know. So, you know, we were getting a little hungry, and we had all this canned food, and we didn't have a camping stove. So I was like, I'm just going to use this steel mesh that I have and get a bunch of tea candles and suspend the steel steel mesh above the tea candles and then just put the the canned food above the flame of the candle. And in about 45 minutes, we <laughs> yeah, had, I was going to say, how long? We, <laughs> we had warm soup. So Genius. it was... <laughs> It's more of like a comedy act than anything else. <laughs> I was like hovering above this stove with like candle lit soup. Um, I know. saw that. So anyway, you put it online and I saw that and I looked at Melissa and I was like, is he bragging about this or is this? Because <laughs> I'm looking at this I, thing I told, going, how lukewarm was the soup come over. that he got? I told him he could come over and he's like, we're fine. It's like, okay. Everyone was like, dude, there's restaurants open. I was like, you're, this is like an experience. You just have to like, you know, I was going to go outside and start carving weapons. And <laughs> so hurricanes, you know, you got to get in the mindset. But um, other than that, uh, wife and I watched all of Luke Cage. It was sort of our put the kid to bed, watch for a couple couple hours show so we watched that last week and i'll talk about that in the review section uh gears of war came out and uh i played you. through the campaign in that yeah so i will um obviously review that in the Wait, review section the whole I, campaign already i did the whole campaign oh, okay. the whole thing well it came out if you yeah no 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 you i know got I, the, you had early deluxe the ultimate, version yeah, yeah, yeah. i had an early so it's only like a 10 hour campaign so ah, it's just amazing really. that you had the time that's awesome that longer you, well, you know no, well, no sleep till ever. Um, and I uh, picked up Hearthstone. Again. Yeah, what is this? Yikes. Partially because uh, now if you have an Amazon Prime account, you also have Twitch Prime. If you have Twitch Prime, they give you a free Hearthstone character, which are actually like $10. And this one's yeah, not cool. released yet. So you get early access to a brand new Hearthstone character, which is a new priestess. Um, and I was like, well, I'll reactivate my Hearthstone and get free access to this character. So I did that. And... Um, Played through some Hearthstone stuff and I ended up really enjoying it again. So stuff, I'm kind of you, playing. You probably don't have an answer to this. Does your stuff ca- carry from like I played on iPad, but in order to get this, I'm assuming it has to be on Steam, right? 
it, it carries over. So it it's does. tied to your yeah, it's your tied to your uh, battle net. Yeah. Okay. So you can kind of jump back and forth, which is what I was doing. But that was fun. So I've been playing uh, Gears of War, playing Hearthstone, and that's pretty much it for the past couple weeks since I've been uh, talk since I last talked to you guys. So let's go to Matt. Oh, happy anniversary! Thanks. That I was gonna tell a story about the anniversary, but uh, not to like just be like I've been married a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Melissa and I celebrated an anniversary last night, and um, I so I did something different, and then it didn't work out. But I wanted to bring it up anyways because I thought it would have been really fun. I booked a uh, a ghost, a walking ghost tour of Greenwich Village in New York. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually a really good idea for an anniversary. <laughs> well, I mean, our anniversary is in October. It like fits the theme. I was like, oh, this would be really fun and just kind of like goofy and different. And I told her about it, and she was like, oh my god, this will be amazing. So we went to meet Professor Mortimer, who was going to walk us. <laughs> Uh-huh. in character oh boy. and then the dude ended up uh like calling out last minute with an emergency and we didn't end up getting to do it so uh, no, wow professor mortimer yeah professor mortimer you piece of human garbage had, a, had an anniversary <laughs> it, luckily it wasn't like a private one we were going to do one of the group ones because i was oh, okay. like i thought about booking a private one and then i realized that if we are not having fun and we do not like the guy walking us around it is just the three of us walking around for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, I don't really, I'd rather be in it. Cause if it's like a group, I can just be like ditching out and like kind of bail on the tour if it's really, really terrible. Um, right. So we didn't get to do it, but we left, but that was, that was all I was going to share about the anniversary that I thought that would have been ridiculous and kind of fun. Yeah, and different. for sure. Uh, beyond that, I had work travel. I was in California again last week for like four days. Uh, that was something. And uh, then I got home. And do you guys red eye a lot? Not uh, anymore. Only, I try not. Only to. from like Pax Prime, yeah. I do still because um, usually what'll happen is I get home and I'll sleep for like two hours, but I'll still get my whole day and just kind of be tired. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, just kind of suffer through the day. Yeah. Which is, and then your clock kind of resets and everything's kind of okay within a day or two after that, depending on how long you mm-hmm. were gone. So right, this right, time, right. I was only gone for four days or three or four days. I red-eyed back Friday night and got in at like 7.30 in the morning. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take like a two-hour sleep, three-hour sleep, get up, and then go about my day with Melissa and have the whole weekend together. <laughs> I like fall asleep in bed and like open my eyes real comfortably. You know, like when you wake up with no alarm <laughs> and you just kind of like, you're like, oh, yeah. open your eyes. And I grab my phone and I go to like see what time it is and i hit the button and it was 2:45 in the afternoon <laughs> like wow i passed nice. out for eight straight hours and just did not wake up at all uh That's impressive and like shot out of bed like oh my god why'd you let me sleep and she was like i don't know you were you were gone so my sleep was all screwed up i had a i had a ghost dream in california it was nice. weird uh, what, what is that i woke up thinking the hotel was haunted Oh, oh, weird. Right? Like, did you stay in that weird. hotel where they found the girl in the water cistern on top? I'm pretty sure I did not. Okay, just double checking. <laughs> where is that? What city are we talking? Uh, it's, in da- it's in downtown LA. No, I was in San Jose. <laughs> I was in San Jose, my friend. <laughs> Separate places. Yeah, those are different, yeah. different places. I just wanted to bring up the girl in the water cistern because it's creepy. 
Yeah, no. I had, I, I assume I had some weird dream, and it's one of those like waking dreams where you're like, it actually happened, and then I like those just, are the worst, man. Those yeah. are scary. And then I turned on TV and just fell back asleep eventually. But I just slept like crap while I was out there, so it happened. So I didn't get to do anything this week. It's gonna be you guys talking all week long. I don't even think I watched a movie on the plane. I think I watched I watched MTV Classics, and they played Aisha by Another Bad Creation. That was pretty. Oh, wonderful. nice. That was the highlight that, of my whole made... trip. Yeah, the flight's totally worth it then. Yeah. So, Scott, what were you up to this week? Uh, Well, we endured the hurricane as well. It was, um, we had a tree fall down, but it missed everything, thankfully, because we've dealt with some nonsense like that in the past. Yeah. Um, I played a couple of games. Uh, It seems like I played a lot, but I think it's just because we haven't talked in a while. So we'll talk about some games and the reviews. And then um, I watched the... Uh, I finally got around to watching the Deus Ex documentary on Amazon Prime, The Human by Design. Have you got to have you watched this yet? No, I still haven't watched it. I have not. Is it's it good really filler? Yes, it's really good filler because it's just half an hour long and it tells real stories about people that are um using, you know, technology uh in their lives to either like um you know, restore their body to, you know, prior ability you know based on if they had a, a disability or something right or if they you know if there was an accident or something like that as well as um, people that are you know trying to enhance their abilities with technology and then it kind of just goes through documentary style talking to each of these people and then they you know towards the end will tie in things from the game and kind of discuss the issues that i assume are taking place um in the game uh sort of you know, in both contexts. So it kind of like ties it all together, but it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel like very like selly. You know what I mean? It's like a, re- right. it's just a really right. good half hour. Um, and it's worth your time. If you have prime, it's free. So, uh, cool. no, no reason not to watch it. I don't think you need to be a fan of the, of the game or the franchise to appreciate the documentary. And because it's short, it's really just like, you know, 30 minutes. And if you don't like it, then whatever, it's just 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I've started watching is season two of the Jim Gaffigan show, which finally came to Hulu. Cool. Did you guys, do you guys watch Jim Gaffigan I watched, show? I watched season one. Yeah. So season one was, the, first of all, the show is really good and I'm afraid that not a lot of people watch it because it's on TV land, but, um, yeah, but they simulcast on, a couple places and then it's on like a million streaming platforms too yes. i think so i think it does okay point. yeah yeah that's the point is that you can you can buy it now um on the streaming services and i recommend that you do but uh the story you know it's kind of like a i would assume it's semi or you know largely autobiographical about his life and weaves in his his jokes and stuff like that but um where season 1 focused a lot on his family i would say season 2 kind of expands to include uh you know like comedy and the business and other things and interacting with people online so kind of kind of delves more into the business of being a comedian and i think it's just really it's really it's not just like you know a laugh a minute i wouldn't call it just like a straight comedy show there are funny moments of course but there are also some very uh interesting topics that he looks into as well like talking to people on social media or um you know trying to trying to you know become more popular as a comedian and stuff like that too and so i really think this season takes a turn um but i feel like the show got better from season one and i thought season one was really good too so awesome um that would be my my main recommendation right up front is to uh check out jim gaffigan show if you have not already 
Sweet. And with that, how about we get into some news? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. News. So because we have a lot of games to talk about this week, our news will be light. And the two things that I really wanted to mention quickly are the um, October Games with Gold for Xbox, which I don't think we had a chance to talk about. Uh, does not seem to be as awesome as last month, but, you know, free games are free games. So this month, true. On, yep, on Xbox One, you're going to get uh, Super Mega Baseball Extra Innings, which <laughs> seems kind of... I think I of... sent you guys a screenshot of that as soon as I saw it. Did you? Yes. <laughs> I did. Oh, I yeah, like, you what did. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm willing I'm willing to try this game because I saw our our buddy Jen Jarvis was playing it so I know she likes the, baseball. You guys are just getting because you saw I had achievements. On. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything has achievements. I mean, that's, like, that's not a that's not a that's not a high bar to oh, climb. Oh, just you know? admit it, Scott. Just say I'm gonna play it because it has achievements. Well, yeah. You don't really I mean, want to play Mega Baseball. No, I mean, none really. of us do. I'm casually there were I feel like there were maybe like one or two. What remember there was a baseball game on Nintendo. Uh, where you could get it was like weird baseball with power ups and stuff. Do you remember this game? Someone probably knows what the oh, game is. But gosh, you know what I'm talking about. I, you could I, get, I remember that it existed. Um, it was like RBI throw, like, or something. I don't remember. But, I don't remember was it the RBI? title, but I, I don't remember think it was RBI baseball. It wasn't. It was. There was one. It wasn't simulated baseball. It was like some kind of like mutant league mm-hmm. baseball where you could throw like fireball pitches and crazy stuff like that. Do you yeah, remember that right. game? It was like the NBA yeah. Jam of baseball. Yeah, yeah, for the NES. So. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to to check aside from the achievements to look at it from that perspective. Uh, also, sure a game are, called the the Escapists. <laughs> What's that? I said sure you are, Scott. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's it's already there. It's already on my console. Like, why would I not play it? Right. Um, in the middle of the month, you get the Escapists, and then on let's see, Xbox 360, you get uh, MX versus ATV Reflex which I'm assuming is a racing game. And then a game that I really enjoyed called I am alive, which was an Xbox 360 arcade title, which um, managed to put in like a kind of like a 3d first person uh, sort of action type yeah. game. I think we uh, reviewed in, that in, forever ago on the show. We did review yeah, it. I, I remember think, that. Yeah. There's like what I found, climbing yeah. and stuff. I remember climbing. Yeah. There was a lot of crazy climbing, but what I thought was impressive about the game is that uh, back in the day, those 360 arcade titles had a file size limit, and they managed to make a game that was like a 3D, mm. you know, third-person action type game, which I thought was just amazing that they could do that in the space that they had. Right. So those are the games for October. And then the other thing that was recently announced is that EA is updating its EA Access Vault. So it's a um, EA Access is a service that you can subscribe to only on Xbox One, and it gives you like early access to new games. Uh, discounts on digital purchases for EA games as well as the vault, which I think is the best part of the vault. But um, later this year, they're going to add EA Sports UFC 2, Star Wars Battlefront, and Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which I think is awesome. Yeah, Catalyst was a really great game and one that I thought was overlooked by a lot of people and definitely worth the price of the subscription if you have it. It came out at a real bad time, right? Didn't it come out against a bunch of things? Fallout, maybe? I feel... I feel like it did, and I think yeah, it was they, near Fallout. I think yeah, I think they were also trying to bank on capturing like the nostalgia and getting people to kind of get right. back into Mirror's Edge, and I think maybe that that community was not as large as they thought, or right. you know maybe trying to get new fans on board with like such a different kind of game. I think was challenging for yeah. for yeah. that release, but it's it's still really good. I I would consider it a racing game to be honest with you. 
and then you know battlefront yeah, is nice sure. just to have because um you know while it wasn't like a spectacular game it's just nice that it's there the um other thing that they added which is kind of interesting is kind of relatively new for them is that they added a selection of xbox live arcade titles so like 360 titles are part of the access program too so they just added like you know some bejeweled and freeding frenzy and zuma and a game called heavy weapon so there's like six arcade titles that you can go download right now cool um in addition to the other things that are, i think i think the first dead space is there and i'm pretty sure that mirror's edge is there as well if i'm not mistaken the that original thing, game so that thing is so cheap that i forgot i had it because <laughs> i like it's i did the year for 35 bucks or whatever right it's like 30 dollars for the whole year yeah and i i wow. completely forgot that i upped on it and then I, I i was like you had said something about the vault and i went to it thinking oh well i don't think i have it anymore but i'm gonna go check if, if it's in there and then like all my games were still off and i was like that's weird and then i looked and realized that i still had the vault i just yeah. i completely forgotten yeah. that i had sub to it so yeah and not to not to sell it too hard because we don't like we're not making any money on this no. sort of thing but <laughs> no um, we are not the the, the thing that's cool about i mean actually let's stop talking fact... about it <laughs> okay <laughs> i was just gonna say with the with the discount you know if you yeah. if you were a subscriber when like dragon age came out you would have been able to play that game uh five days early and you would have gotten 10 percent off if you mm-hmm. bought it digitally which is like yes that in itself but, is pretty cool there was a catch just... though that i remember it was like you can play for five hours or yeah, like it was hours. less than that it was like two hours yeah i remember getting no. to like level four and it was like all right and you're done i was like fuck yeah it's on a per game basis the star wars battlefront yeah, yeah. trial was 10 hours and i never exhausted it and now, yeah. <laughs> now the game is just gonna come out for everybody so um you know and i'm sure they'll do something similar with mass effect so yeah um it, it applies to like the DLC. So if, you know, if the new mass effect has, uh, you know, like card packs, like all these games do now, like what they kind of did with the last one, like it applies to that too, which is awesome. So that's cool. So the first game that I played a couple of weeks ago was a game called The Final Station. Are you familiar with this game, Ash? Uh, I am. I have not played it. I have heard a couple of reviews of it, and it's actually really intriguing to me. So I'm curious what your yeah. thoughts are. I was, I was curious as well. And part of the reason I was curious is that I kept reading that this game, like people would look at the game and go like, oh, it's like Snowpiercer. But, um, you know, that <laughs> that movie is very specifically about a couple of things. <laughs> and uh yeah, uh, I knew I knew this game was not Snowpiercer and I wanted to basically try the game to find out, you know, why it could stand on its own merits. And I and it does, which is kind of like the the punchline up front, but the um final station is a uh you are a train operator and you're driving your locomotive through like a world that is, you know, near apocalypse or basically uh the the world has undergone sort of a catastrophic event and then there are survivors in this world and they're sort of preparing for the possibility that this catastrophic event will occur again so without you know going into the story too much okay um yeah so you're basically just kind of trying to to pick up people and move them around uh you know from what place is to the place. like visually what does the game look like like what's the the basic mechanic of the game and what is it what do you see when you're playing it yeah so the the game is a sort of a pixel art style game which is okay 
you know, like a lot of games do that, but I feel like they managed to do this in a way that was not like, hey, remember, you know, games from 30 years ago? Like, it doesn't feel that way. It just kind of feels like, hey, we selected this art style and that's what we're doing. The gameplay is kind of the the really interesting part of of the experience. There's There's two parts to the game, which is when you're on the train, it's kind of like a resource management, like simulation game. So, um, like when you're on the train, you'll have passengers and you'll have to, um, attend to your passengers, give them like food and patch them up. And then you also need to make sure that your train is operating correctly. So you're kind of like running back and forth between all these things. And then people will call you occasionally and you'll have to answer the calls and, and talk to them. And that helps to flesh out the story. Now, when you, uh, drive the train, like through various places, it drives itself, but you stop at various stations along the way. When you stop at a station, it becomes like a, uh, like a sh- like a side-scrolling shooter, like a zombie survival style game, which okay. is uh, yeah, which is cool. So like, uh, it's it almost reminds me of like the gameplay and like a maybe the closest thing I could uh, equate it to would be like um, like Broforce, but not over the top. You know what I mean? Oh my god! <laughs> you so just, you just like, said the right words to me. <laughs> it's I mean, but it's like it's not like crazy explosions. But think of if Broforce were like a survival horror game, if you will. Okay. Yeah. So you basically need to, you know, manage your ammo, manage your uh, medical supplies. You need to scavenge the various stations to find supplies so that you can, um, you know, craft more med kits and things like that. And then you need to find people to rescue them, which, um, which is, uh, you know, how the how the the station gameplay and how the train gameplay tie together. So what makes it interesting is that the whole game is, uh, you know you need to take care of your passengers, but you share those med kits with them. So you basically need to either decide to play very carefully and protect yourself or people on your train will die before they make it to the station. And yeah, so really it's one of those games where you really need to be careful and plan out what you're going to do. Because if you don't plan out, uh, if you're not sort of careful and conservative ahead of time, you're going to get deep into this game and find you're like out of bed kits or you have no bullets or something. And then it becomes like a big mess. Um, so there's really a lot of strategy involved in the game and um, it there's sort of like a really interesting narrative that unfolds over the course of the game and it kind of like starts in one place ends in another and it's not exactly what you think and I think that that was really uh, interesting as well and uh, what was the last thing I was going to add it's um, oh I think it's easy to look at a game like this and go like ah it must be a roguelike but in this particular case this game is not a roguelike which I think is actually really refreshing for um oh, that's cool that's really for cool. indie titles these days yeah so there's really just like they they created an experience they have a narrative they have places that they take you to that you know that you're supposed to go and you know the challenge scales appropriately and all that good stuff you know oh. what I mean so yeah yeah well while a game like this might not have a ton of replay value, like once you sort of, you know, master, uh, you know, the resource management aspect and combat part of the game, like when you complete the story, um, that being said, it's, it's still worth your time because I just think it's like a, a quality game. And while I was able to actually complete the game, uh, eventually I, I, I would say that I would play it again, you know, if, you know, time oh, nice. and everything. So, um, you know, it was fun enough in itself that like I would play it again, even though I felt like I saw a lot of what there was to see. So that's nice. That's the final station. It's from a developer called uh, Do My Best, which which I really like as a developer name. Yeah. And um, published by Tiny Build, but I think it's on every platform now. It's on you know Steam and 
uh, consoles and stuff like that. So check it out. That is the oh. final station. Yeah, looks cool. Yeah, it's kind of I'm a fun. I'm really game. excited to review Gears of War, guys. <laughs> I'm, excited, I'm excited to hear about it. It's been a long time since I've gotten to review one of these. I don't even know. I think I think when we did Judgment Gears come 3. out? We reviewed Judgment. Oh, we definitely um, did Judgment. We, reviewed, we did Gears Three. We did I think. Gears Three as well. Yeah. So hey, it's been this. a while though. Gears uh, Judgment came out in 2013. Yeah, Jeez. and I think yeah. Gears 3 was five years ago, or maybe six. So it was like, yeah. right, maybe in our first 50 episodes or something. Yeah, but. yeah. this might be a good time to mention that this is the beginning of our sixth year. So Yeah, hey. congratulations, guys. It's crazy. Since we're, since we're talking about crazy timelines here, like that's, it's, you know, here here we are. It's been three years since you've been able to talk about Gears. Three and a half years, actually. I know. Yeah. And we're yeah. still it's friends. It's gone by quickly, too. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I love true. you guys even more than before. Oh, jeez, um, brothers till the end. Tom, <laughs> give me, oh boy, give me my lancer. Here um, we go. So, uh, so th- there's a lot of a lot of things. Like, I actually made notes for this because uh, there's so much nice. I want to talk about. Nice. Uh, I love that. I guess the first thing is just a kind of a very brief um, history lesson of where, you know, we are in the gear. And I'm going to do this spoiler free, by the way. So I'm not going to spoil anything plot wise, any major plot points that haven't been revealed in trailers. Uh, Spoiler, there's plot points. There are plot points. (laughs) There are. I know. It's like chainsaw this guy plot point. Um, So (laughs) so this takes place about 25 years after the end of Gears of War 3. Um, the world is called Sarah. It's not earth. A lot of people didn't really get that, but it's not earth. And the thing that was always interesting about Gears of War to me as someone who actually went and and read a lot of the, I read all the comics. I read all the novels. There've been like six or seven novels. I read all the stuff and, um, it really was a really well fleshed out world and the games, you know, just kind of added to that. So, uh, if you're a fan of the franchise and a fan of what's going on, this is a really interesting chapter because it really did end with Gears of War 3, the Locusts were dead, everything was over, where can it possibly go? And on top of that, Epic Games sold the Gears of War franchise to Microsoft. Right. And so Epic, the, the makers of Gears of War, just kind of got rid of it. And that was it. That was the end of, you know, their their big story. So uh, I was nervous because I was, you know, I, I was wondering, you know, where could it possibly go? Will it be any good? Will it feel like a cover band playing your favorite band's music or will it actually mm. feel like the real deal and the good news is it does it does feel like the real deal um it doesn't That's feel awesome. like it doesn't feel like um you know th- something artificial or, or or a cash grab or anything like that it feels like a legitimate gears of war game uh except for it's much prettier and i'll get to that in a second so um the really cool thing that happens is since it's 25 years later, they actually get you caught up in the beginning of the game. And this is just sort of the intro tutorial, but they go through a brief history of the Gears of War franchise and actually take you very, very far back to where like Marcus Phoenix and and um, Hoffman are like essentially, you know, I don't want to say recruits, but they're, you know, in the first part of the Pendulum Wars where the Locusts hadn't even emerged yet. So you get to fight like human on human uh, where this huge war was happening on Sarah. This is the and tutorial? This is the tutorial, yeah. So they That's give incredible. you this big history lesson. It's really cool. Nice. And so the COG are facing off against these guys called the UIR. And um, you get to actually kind of go back and experience this history you know, in real time. And it actually shows off you know, the brand new graphics, the 60 frames per second, really, really well in the first like, 15, 20 minutes of the game. Um, 
it just flashes forward a little bit and goes through emergence day and you get to see all this neat history before the game even begins. And then you get to uh, the meat and potatoes of the game and they tell you, hey, 25 years have passed since the end of Gears of War 3 and um, you are now not playing as Marcus Phoenix. You're playing as Marcus Phoenix's son, uh, JD Phoenix, who is nothing like Marcus Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> when you get to know this character, he kind of feels like he kind of feels like Nathan Fillion. Uh, which some people love and some people will hate. He's very like quippy. He's kind of snarky. He's really similar to like, he reminds me of almost like Nathan Drake or just like he, he, you know, Marcus Phoenix was like, right. He's like a hotshot. Marcus Phoenix was like deadly serious and like, you know, just incredibly just brutal and in, in, every decision that he made was very very you know just uh, intense and and jd like phoenix the, uh, like the chris pine to the the captain kirk of the of the series that, that is an idea? excellent analogy he is very okay. much like that right so you know he's he's a different sort of character to play as and the crew that he runs with are, are different as well he runs with a childhood friend of his named dell who's like more he's like super comic relief and then he runs with another character called kate who's like this girl who's living outside of the system sort of out in the wilds and you get to kind of experience this journey with all three of them in in the narrative of the game um i'll talk about what's new in gears of war 4 real quick so there's a lot of new things that they added to the franchise that weren't there before uh there's a bunch of new weapons i want to say five or six um new guns that had never been in the franchise before. So there's submachine gun, a rail gun, a new shotgun. There's a, a bunch of new heavy weapons. Um, there's some new game mechanics. So one of the cool things that they have now is a, a, an execute move that you can, that you can do after you pull someone over cover. So if an enemy is on one side of cover and you're on the other side of cover, you can yank them over cover and then you just hit Y on your control pad and you'll actually perform an execution. I feel like um, so every game needs that like pull pull enemy over cover it's really cool because it you know before there were in in gears of war 3 you could jump over and kind of vault kick somebody and then try and kill them but in gears of war 1 and 2 if an enemy is on one side of cover and you're on the other side of cover you just kind of have this waiting game to see like who's gonna pop their head up first and it created you're a bit shooting of a at each other for like a foot away like it's like a cartoon or something <laughs> right know? So, absolutely yeah, so dumb. absolutely yeah. so this is really cool it also makes a uh, movement within the the actual campaign much more rapid and you don't stay still for very long because you know enemies can jump and vault kick you and and basically you just have to keep moving a lot more than before you never really stay in cover for more than like 20 or 30 seconds um and later on in the campaign some of the cover can be destroyed too which is something new to the franchise so boxes can be blown up there's these organic pieces of cover that can be destroyed and like enemies can pop out of them so there's a lot of really neat new mechanics that make gameplay a little bit more frantic and and a lot faster so i thought i found that to be really kind of refreshing as someone who's played a lot of these games to be like okay like i need to keep moving and i can't just kind of hunker down in the back and take pot shots with like my pistol or whatever. So right. a lot of new weapons. Um, there's new weather effects. There's these, uh, these crazy like electric cyclones in the game that create a wind effect in, in various levels, which means that um, any weapons that have any sort of weight to them, like grenades or like boomers or anything like that, the weather will actually impact your throwing arc. Can you, so, throw, can you throw a grenade like back at yourself, I guess? I, I totally killed myself that way. I totally <laughs> really? jib, I jib myself. Yeah. 
I was like, I didn't even, I didn't think it was going to impact my throw that much. And I threw it like into a, like a hurricane force wind <laughs> and the grenade just kind of slowly floated back toward my face and killed me. So that's really neat. And um, it leads to a lot of, there's a lot of environmental stuff you can do because of that. So they will be off in the distance. There'll be like debris, like um, old pieces of buildings and stuff like that, that if you blow them up, the wind will pick up all the debris and hurl them into the enemies and, you know, just cause chaos and havoc. So that's, that's uh, a ton of fun that they added that kind of stuff. And it's also, you know, adds some environmental hazards, like you have to avoid lightning and things like that. Um, there are a ton of new environments. The Gears of War series was kind of big on, you know, everyone made fun of it, at least the first two games for having a lot of grays and a lot of like, you know, dull. It was a very dull looking, right? There wasn't a lot of color. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of color this time around. You start off like in broad daylight and on a sunny day and there's a lot of greens and, you know, the world of Sarah after Gears of War 3 was, you know, Gears of War 3, mankind was pretty much dead. There were like 10,000 people left on the whole planet because of how bad the war was going. And so this 25 years later is really neat to see society rebuild and you get to see these these rural villages that are just kind of hanging on and kind of embracing an almost medieval um, you know, style of life. And you get to kind of see that. You get to see these really cool wooden buildings and uh, you know, grass is starting to grow over all the old structures that were left over from the war. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's like very in a lot of ways, very last of us. You get to see like, well, the, the oh, main yeah. chaos, the main chaos is over now, uh, which is good and bad. Like you're not in the heart of the war anymore. The war is over. So you get to see the aftermath, you know, and and everything kind of is regrowing and, and kind of coming back to life. Um, there are two new enemy factions. Um, one they just kind of announced uh, maybe a month ago, and they're called the DBs. And uh, I now know why they're called that, and I'm kicking myself because uh, I should have known instantly why. But uh, they're called the DBs, and they're I'm, I'm such an, it, once they like tell you in the game why they're called the DBs, you're like, motherfucker, I should have known why. <laughs> anyway, for anyone who's a Gears of War like nerd fan, like you'll know instantly. And I apologize to other Gears of War nerd fans um, that probably instantly knew why they were called the DBs. So uh, there's this new new faction that are all robots. It's really different, really fun. The robots fight unlike anything you've ever fought in Gears of War. And when we're done with this podcast, we're all going to jump in and play and you guys will get to experience the DBs. But they march Hooray. at you sort of like, um, you know, mindless automatons. They're not incredibly smart. They're not overly aggressive. They're just like they're dr- drones. And so it sounds like uh, like Star Wars battle drones. Yeah, they're sort of they're sort of like battle droids, right? And there are some, um, you know, some more difficult versions of the DBs, but they're definitely like one of the easier factions that you know that you've had to fight against in Gears of War. Uh, they have really cool, unique weapons that you can kind of pick up and carry with you through the campaign if you want. Like if you get a DB weapon early on and you hold on to it, you can use it later, which is really neat. Um, and then there's the the new faction called the Swarm, which. Um, if it sounds like the locust, it's because it's uh, it, it's very similar to the locust, and I won't reveal any more for plot reasons. If you're interested in the plot of the game, let's just say they are very locust-like. Uh, there are some new ones. Probably the standout is this enemy called the Snatcher, uh, <laughs> and the Snatcher is the most hideous. It's like this giant spider thing with like a big belly sack, right? In in multiplayer games. What it can do is it can, if you're downed, it can jump on top of you and it sucks you up into its belly sack. And then if it carries you off, 
you die for good, but your friends can try and shoot you out of the belly sack. So it's <laughs> really, if you're inside the belly sack, you're like screen gets all blurry and you're like watching all this chaos with like this muffled audio. It's really creepy. That's and then cool. you're like keeping your fingers crossed that your friends shoot you out in time. So snatchers are really cool. And a lot of the new enemies are cool. A lot of them feel samey. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of that is done on purpose because people would be weirded out if, you're just fighting robots in Gears of War. Oh, it's like yeah, you, need, yeah, yeah. you need something to cut up with your chainsaw, right? So, yeah, you need that like that squishy effect when things explode. Right, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'll talk quickly about stuff I loved and then stuff I didn't love and then we'll be done. But um, things I loved. So uh, I loved the PC Xbox crossplay, um, which is something that I'm sure Scott will mention in Forza Horizon 3 as well. Yes. Uh, Xbox is doing something that I think is brilliant, that if you buy a game on Xbox One, uh, an Xbox you know, branded game. There's only like three of them right now, I think Um, Mm -hmm. the newer games, then you can play it on your PC as well for no additional charge. So I was able to download the uh, Xbox one version of gears of war four and the PC version of gears of war four. And uh, it does cross save. So I can play on my PC one minute and then just exit out and then go jump on my console in the living room and play on that. And my save is there and all my, my stuff is there. So if my wife wants to watch TV, I can jump on the PC and play or whatever, which is how I finished the campaign, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so it's just like I was just like jumping back and forth, like, oh, just don't don't mind me. I'll be over here. Uh, but yeah, so that that is really cool. Um, the game looks gorgeous. Uh, I'm I'm sure all the reviews will say the same thing. It's probably the best looking Xbox One game that I've seen so far. You get some. Wow, just- that's pretty high I mean, praise it, i think it is amazing they just pulled at all the stops um they are, are aiming for 60 fps and it's all you know obviously gorgeous in hd so it, it's gonna look unlike a lot of the other shooters that you played on xbox one and of course it's because it's done by you know microsoft's coalition studio so they are you know you know really able to get the most out of the tech right so it's going to look gorgeous um, no matter what you're playing it on. It looks obviously on PC. I'm, I'm, I have a pretty solid gaming PC and it looks just unbelievable. Cool, um, other things I like, it's a, it's a great starting off point for a new era of the game. Um, they, they really did kind of ease you into it and, and kind of introduce this new set of characters to you. But there's also a bit of the old too. So some old faces will pop up and kind of, you know, give you that nice warm nostalgia blanket that you love and be like, oh, okay, so-and-so still around. It's not that mm. weird anymore. Yeah, so there's a right. bit of that, and that that's pretty cool. Um, Horde mode is back, and it's better than ever. This is Horde 3.0, which is the third iteration of their Horde mode. It's the best version by far. It has a class system, so there's scouts and engineers and uh, heavies and soldiers. And, um, you played, you right? Love... You played the Horde I did mode? play. Yeah, I played. I some questions. Um, yeah, yeah. Ask okay, away, man. So there, I see that uh, you know they've they've gone the way of doing the card packs like they've done in you know Halo and, and Mass right, Effect right. and everything. So our, I see that there are different classes in the game, but how, you know, so I you know I just uh, logged in and opened up a couple of packs because they were sitting in the account, and I got, you know, some things that are class specific. Are those consumable? Are there cards that are permanent? Are some cards like permanent and consumables? Like how does that all? So the shake out ba- like the bounty cards uh, you'll see bounties those are consumable so you'll spend those and get bonuses based on like if you accomplish that bounty right do you have to like um, do you have to assign that before you go into you a do. round you have to assign oh, okay. it yeah so basically like you're are you like wagering it like if you don't complete it in that round is it gone or 
No, it stays. It stays. Oh, it cool. stays okay. until you complete the bounty. So it doesn't. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, the other one, the class specific bounties for horde and stuff, those uh, are forever. So if you get that card, it's your card, and you can just use it and boost your stuff. So is it's, it? Um, fact, it's a really confusing system. To be perfectly I was going to say, do you do you get to pick how many cards you assign to your character? Or are they cumulative, or how does that? You do so essentially. So I'll I'll tell you. I'm I've been trying to level up my heavy because we okay. talked earlier, and you guys made it sound like that would be good for me. So <laughs> Probably, <laughs> I've been leveling yeah. up my my heavy character, and uh, one of the things the heavy gets is you start off with a boom shot, which is basically a rocket launcher. But one of the cards you get is extra ammo for your boom shot. So when you start with a you, instead of having three rounds, you'll have like I have like eight rounds for it now. Right. So as I level up that card and get duplicates of that card, I keep applying them to that skill. And then oh. eventually that will level up all the way from level one boom shot ammo to level 10 boom shot ammo, depending on how many versions of that card I get. Right. Um, and that's the way across the board. So like, there's one called um, explosive headshot for sniper. If you find that card in your card pack, you can use it. Uh, and then you can if you get duplicates, you can actually level it up up to 10 times. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, and you start off only being able to use like one booster card for your for your character, but then as you level that particular class up, you can oh. use up to five different ability cards. So I could get like boom shot ammo, uh, reload speed, uh, extra damage on my turrets or whatever. So each class has like a uh, each class has a, a pretty hefty selection of cards they can choose from to boost up their character, which is neat. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if they were neat. like Titanfall burn cards. They they sound like they're more permanent, which I think is cool. That's great. I, I do too, especially they're they're not cheap. Like I got a bunch. I got some at PAX because I played the demo at PAX and I got some from um, Prima, which I'll talk about in a minute. But uh, they're like, if you buy them, I think they're like $2 a pack or you can mm. or you can save up for them with in-game currency, which is seems to take quite a long time. Uh, so you know, getting a bunch of cards, you know, unless you want to burn through money, will take you a long time. So that's yeah. good and bad. Like, you know, oh, they're obviously oh, be- trying to add to the longevity. So before I forget, I, I just have to quickly mention to you that I saw that uh, Totino's Pizza Rolls is doing a promotion <laughs> where, oh you, man, yeah, you can get like an exclusive, <laughs> like, uh, like a character, some kind of classic character scan or something like that, for purchasing a box of Totino's Pizza Rolls. This is, or this is, all, of, this is all of Ash's favorite things. Oh, I know. This is horrible. Know. You know what? Uh, what else they're doing? They have a a, a wall. This is dead serious. A Walmart exclusive Rockstar Energy Drink skins. Oh, <laughs> oh brutal! Boy. You go That's to brutal. Walmart and you buy. See, I haven't had a Rockstar since like last year, November. So I, I'm the, I don't know if I'm about to do it. So. Uh, yeah, I have a, anyway, um, I have a quick question about going back to the yeah. story mode. Is yeah. is the kind of change in character a change in tone? Did they sort of debroify gears a little bit, or no? Well, uh, yes and no. It's definitely it's lighter in tone. I right. Think the, the 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 reason why gears got such a you know, a rap for being very bro centric because it was like this really like hard you know like the guys in it were just hardcore military they had been veterans for like 20 plus years and it was just very serious like you know well and you walked around as like built out little hulk machines essentially that right that you know were like brew brew it was just it felt like that and and the way you were describing the characters i was like oh this seems like a tonal change so it is, the locusts it is definitely, kind of, they were kind of brotastic too in yeah a way, they were yeah know? they were big and buff and i think that was just like, a, like kind of a celebrate their thing. kills <laughs> you're like <laughs> 
it's true. It was, yeah. it's like, um, it was funny when I was thinking about what I was going to say about this. Is like the Gears of War games definitely feel like they're like Guar influenced. Like there's like this this <laughs> like so like mu- mucus heavy metal. Just like I was going to say, this like, is definitely. <laughs> oh, come on, at least go with Guar, man. That's brutal, man. Oh, but anyway, um, it, this is definitely not so much. I mean, there's there's still uh, sort of tone a little bit of that but i feel like it, there is a tonal shift it's a lot lighter there's a lot more comedy yeah. um there's a lot more banter across the board like characters are talking constantly throughout the adventure which i thought was really neat okay. um so uh really quickly while we're talking about that the voice acting is really really solid uh laura bailey is the main female lead and of course she's she's awesome and everything uh liam mcintyre from spartacus who's uh i think he's in aussie but he does like that this crazy like nathan drake um slash nathan fillion voice that like you can't hear his aussie accent at all but um he's great as jd phoenix and you know the rest of the cast is i don't want to talk about i don't want to talk about who else is in it because it'll give spoilers but there's some some old favorites that pop back that are that are really good uh gunplay is better than ever obviously active reload is back which for some reason is like the most fun thing ever in, in video games i don't know why active reload is so good but it is just so much fun and, and never gets dull. Um, and, uh, it, you know, like I said, the the overall campaign was about I played it from close to 10 hours, I want to say, on normal. So longer, uh, than, longer than Halo 5 or whatever, but shorter than other things. Or Halo Yeah, I mean, 5? it wasn't yeah, Halo 5, right? Did I just yeah, make that number up? Halo, yeah, that was really, that was really no, that's, short. Yeah, that feels like it's right in the pocket, though. Yeah, hours. yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. right. It, it was it was a good amount of time. Um, quick things I didn't like, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, the story feels kind of small, uh, despite you know some really huge action set pieces and big things happening. It it loses the scope of the original trilogy, where there's this world, you know, kind of like hanging on the edge or, or on the edge of disaster. Mm, right? right? Yeah. You're not in this giant war anymore, and that that feels weird for a Gears of War game, right? You're you're no longer you know, fighting to, for the, for the, to save, to save society, to save humanity. You're just kind of like trying to get through the night and really gears of war four all takes place in one night. So it's oh, basically cool. you, you and your buddies trying to get through the night and, you know, trying to, you know, obviously there are some major plot points that happen, but it's a much smaller story. And I kind of missed the, the big, you know, the big war, with you know all the the helicopters flying around and shit blowing up i miss that uh but it's the start of something bigger you know that's exactly what i think it is and it definitely ends on a note where you're like oh shit shit's about to go down but this was a very it was like a really long intro like you know you're just like Uh, yeah i just paid a 10 hour intro to the story but it's common Uh, for like the first after a trilogy to to kind of reset and restart a story right 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 um, other stuff I didn't like, there are a couple on rails sequences in the game. There's like a motorcycle chase and a couple mm. other things. Uh, and they look gorgeous, but they were just kind of, kind of boring. Like it would, they were really hard to fail at. Like, like the motorcycle chase, I like ran into 25 trees and for some reason I was totally okay. So, yeah, like, no. you know, they were just kind of like, they're there to kind of add pacing to into the game and you know kind of mix it up a little bit take you away from shooting for a few moments but that's why everyone plays 
the Gears of Wars games. You don't, you never, no one ever wanted to drive the tank in Gears of War one where somebody had to shine the flashlight. <laughs> like nobody ever wanted to do that. Or like in Gears of War two, you have to drive the tank. Nobody wanted to do that. So I feel like, um, I feel like those kinds of sequences in these games, like when you try to play on harder difficulties are end up like game breaking, you know? No, it's true. They get like usually there's like usually there's like something in one of those on rail sequences where there's like a part where you instantly die and you're like, what am I supposed to do here? There's nothing I can do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. But hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Um, Last couple things. Um, I uh, the game on normal was like way too easy. And it's not because I'm like master of Gears of War. That's not the case at all. It was just way too easy because the AI this time is genius. It's like so the AI companions that they give you. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just awesome. So if you get downed and you don't get stomped out, they'll run all the way across the map, no matter where they are, or what they're mm-hmm. doing, and they'll revive you. So I would get downed like four or five times in a fight, and like my buddies would just be like, "Oh, you're back up! Oh, you're back up!" And oh, so awesome. there was very little. It was awesome because it worked really well, and like the guys who did the AI for this game should get commended. But uh, on normal, the game was just like I was just cr- like cruising through everything, and even right. if I got mm. down, there was no no real penalty for getting down. So I would say definitely play it on hardcore um, or higher uh, if you want to have like a little bit more uh, of a you know of a difficult experience. And um, other than that, I you know I really enjoyed it. I definitely say pick it up. It has you know I didn't even talk about competitive multiplayer. It has that has horde mode has a great campaign. Um, you know, not my favorite Gears of War title, uh, but I still think it is a, a worthy, a worthy successor. And congrats to the coalition for putting out a pretty good Gears of War game. Awesome, sweet. Yeah, let's. Uh, you want to talk about Forza Horizon Three? I want to sure. hear about this. I've I want to hear about it. But great things. I've never felt more sold on a game Scott's playing than this one right now. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Uh, we'll we'll back up a couple of steps. Part of the reason why I wanted to get this game, similar to what Ash mentioned, is that uh, it's one of the Xbox Play Anywhere titles, and I was really curious to try it out because there's only a handful of games that do that right now. And um, as you know, I typically will uh, stream the Xbox to my desktop computer, which is a pretty good experience, but it's, you know, it still can be cumbersome at times just because you're not actually at your Xbox. So you can't, can't do certain things like you can't do um, game recording because you're already kind of streaming and it doesn't make any sense. So um, it's just like, there's little things like that. So um, I wanted to find a game um, that kind of scratched that itch. And I, I was kind of waiting on record just to see, you know, what the reviews are. And then Forza came out and was like, highly reviewed and, and you know everybody liked it so um i am personally a big fan of arcade style racing games in general you know like going back to rad racer you know mm, back in the day yeah. so um uh you know and i played some of the uh need for speed and, and burnout games so yeah, this I, was gonna say, I, think logical. We were, I think we were all unabashed need for speed and burnout fans like, yeah yeah, yeah because yeah, these games these games are fun and i'm i'm not like a, a huge car person i i don't really you know follow uh different types of automobiles and stuff like that too closely but, um, you know, the cool thing is, is that you don't need to to enjoy a game like Forza Horizon 3. So, uh, you know, for those that are not familiar, the I, I this is actually my first Horizon game. But my understanding of of this is that it is um, Horizon is like a festival that travels to different places. Ah. And so this for Forza Horizon 3, um, they go to Australia. And so you in this game, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to describe a story, but I don't really know that there is a story. But. Um, you know, you're globally, you're sort of tasked with competing in these events to build different festival sites. And then, 
uh, gain more fans and then, you know, go into different races and unlock cars and do all this other stuff. But that being said, what you really get out of this game is you get a giant playground with a bunch of really distinct areas that you can just drive around in and have fun, use different cars. You can, um, there's different types of, you know, races, things that you might expect. So there's, you know, there's standard, you know, lap races or go from point A to point B. There are um, drifting challenges where you have to kind of like skid around corners and try to get as many points as you can. Uh, there are collectibles to find. There are um, like different areas to explore. There are hidden cars you can find. There's just like all kinds of crazy stuff to do. And I feel like I've played for 10 hours and haven't even scratched more than like 3% of the Is this game. the game with the drivatars? Yes. So that's the cool thing. There's a couple of things that, um, you know, we've talked about this before and it's not like, you know, graphics are awesome, but you know, when I think about like next generation games, I think of like new capabilities and things that were not necessarily possible before or things that you just never really got to do before. And there's a couple of things that stand out in this game. The first thing is drivatars. So basically what, uh, the Forza series does is that I think if you've played any of the recent Forza games, the um, the cloud basically creates a model of your driving habits and then sort of tries to replicate those in the game uh, for other players when you are not playing, which I think is really awesome. So, you know, why is this cool? So you could easily just say, like, we're going to put a bunch of different cars in the game and mm-hmm. just give them different, you know, give the drivers just some different personalities and that's fine. The problem with that is, is that uh, you're just kind of driving around and there's just cars, right? And you don't really pay attention to them. And there's something really special about driving around in your own single player world. But then you see cars drive by that, you know, have labels on them that are like your Xbox friends or people that have played the game before, people that are in your uh, Forza clan if you're in if you're in one of the clans or whatever. And there's just something really special about that because they, uh, the game does a really good job of putting them everywhere around you. So, you know, if one of you were to jump into my game, you know, my drivatar would just be cruising around. I'd probably appear in races that you participate in. Uh, you can drive from one side of the map to the other side and I'll still be there, like kind of cruising by on a side street and doing stuff like that. And it's just really um, kind of like and special. What, what those versions of your friends are, is it, it, captures their play style right like I their think, their favorite cars and sort of how they how they drive i, I, I think, think that's so. like what the whole the whole thing was supposed to be that it was like this algorithm that kind of analyzes your friend's data and then creates like digital versions of them almost yes yeah, so occasionally i will see some flashes of that where i'll see like a uh, you know an ai car will be like driving on the line in the middle of the road like in a way that no you know standard npc cars will never drive like in a in a right. game like this right they never do crazy things like get into accidents or you know drive over the lines or through grass you know how we can like test that. this i can buy forza horizon and only drive backwards <laughs> then yeah, we know. can see if my drivatar will only yeah. drive throughout the whole world i don't i don't know exactly what what happens but um that's something that's really cool um, about the game. Uh, something that I think is cool for me is that the game has, you know, eight different radio stations that you can play throughout the game. And they're awesome. They have, um, you know, like each one has like radio DJs kind of like at the caliber of, uh, you know, how the original SSX had like the whole right, uh, right. DJ system and they yeah, kind of talk to you as you're doing yeah, GTA stuff. GTA does that as well. Like the yeah, GTA yeah. games have really incredible radio stations. Yeah. So this does that too. It'll talk about things that you're doing and kind of, 
you know, speak to you in a way, you know, like even though you're listening yeah, to the radio. That's really immersive too. I love that. That's yes. so much fun, especially if like you yeah. have events that unfold in the game and the DJ talks about it. You're just like, oh man, that is cool. Yeah, he'll be like, you know, you'll you'll be listening to the radio and a song will finish and they'll be like, do you hear the Horizon Festival just went out to the Outback? Like, let's head over there and see what's going on. Um, that's awesome. They added a kind of like a smart AI, uh, you know, intelligence to your vehicle. So if you're really just lost and you don't know what to do, because it's easy just to like get in a car and wind up in the middle of the countryside somewhere and just go like, I don't even know what I'm doing. The game is so massive, uh, both in like the size of the map and the scope of what you can do in the game. You can actually access this ai and just be like what should i go do now and the ai will suggest things to you like hey there's a race that's close by do you want to go do that and you go yes and it'll just draw you you know uh put that pin on your map and tell you where to go so that you're never kind of like cruising around with nothing to do which i think is kind of special because i can imagine that that would happen a lot especially in an open world game that's really cool yeah the other thing that is cool and this won't be cool for everybody because i know it's not super popular is that the game um has native integrated support for groove music Okay. So okay. you can set, you have to, I think you have to have a subscription, but there is a uh, Forza Horizon playlist that is curated by, you know, someone at Microsoft, presumably. Um, and you can flip that station on and listen to it. You can also create your own playlists. And I don't know if you need the, the Music Pass subscription to do that, but you can create your own playlists in Groove Music and then cue those up in game. And while that's not like, when I say it, it's not super special because you could, you know, right now Xbox has um, background music support, or if you're playing on PC, you can just put on music anywhere. But there's something cool about it being like integrated directly into the game because it then becomes a station that you can flip through with your other stations. So you can put on your music, you can put on one of their stations, or play no music at all. And I think it's just really cool that it's integrated in that way where it becomes a part of the experience. And like Ash said, it's like it's more immersive to have that yeah. in the yeah, game. Absolutely. Um, you know, as far like everything else is like, I think what makes the game special is the polish, right? Because otherwise it's just a racing game, right? You know, there's all the different race types I told you about and all the different activities you can do. Uh, but when you add all those other things, um, and I haven't even talked about online play, right? Is, is like, it's really incredible. And there's probably like, like I said, I'm not a car person, but I think there's over 300 cars in the base game that you can, um, you know, unlock through, you know, in your gameplay, you can, uh, when you play, you get credits and use those credits to purchase cars. There's like a whole tuning system. There's, okay, uh, cool. you can, um, you can, uh, like customize the appearance of your car with different parts and decals and paints and stuff like that. And there's like a whole, you know, community. Yeah, I think you I can... saw, it might've been Jen Jarvis who had an N7 car. Like, yeah, a, like yeah. a Spectre, like a Spectre car that she made. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's really cool about that, which I learned because I, I wanted to like, I was, I saw these logos and I was like, these are incredible. Like, how do I upload my own? Apparently you can't upload your own art. So everything that you see in the game, people have made with like basic shapes. Oh, you know no I mean? way. Yeah. So they'll take like 300 layers of a, like a, you know, in the layer editor thing and then just arrange them all in a way where it looks like something really spectacular. So, um, there's like a whole, you can watch like live stream YouTube videos of people building custom paint jobs for cars and then you can go find them and download them. So there's just so much like there's such a heavy community aspect in the game where you can share like cars and paints and how many uh, how many friends can all drive together? Like how big are how big is the sandbox? Is it like so 
Yeah, so there's something that I saw that I haven't been able to figure out how to do yet, but there's a way that you can like caravan with other cars. And I think that's like a there's like a free roam. I think there's a free roam like with you and your buddies. That's cool. Uh I I can't figure out how to do that, but what I did participate in was like what is called an online adventure where you kind of participate in a series of either like racing events or like you know kind of like playground games like tag and capture the flag and stuff like that that supports like 12 players and so you'll you'll play the game and then all of you will drive to the next location and then play the next game and so on and stuff like that so um there's clans that you can join i joined like the the girl tribe gaming clan because they have 150 people and it's kind of like hopping over there so um i got into that and you start to see those drivatars in the environment as well so there's just like so much stuff that you can do that i feel like i haven't seen any of it but it's like I think that's what makes the game fun is that if you there's something in it for everybody and if you just kind of take it you don't have to take it seriously you don't even have to be good at the game to succeed the game will allow you to tweak whatever settings you want you want to drive manual automatic you want anti-lock brakes you want all the assists so that you can drive efficiently you can do that you can you know take all the assists off and play hardcore mode against like really strong ai um, it's really up to you, and uh, Sounds you, great, still, man. you you still earn credits when you play in the race. You still earn XP. Um, it doesn't necessarily uh, matter if you finish in first place, although you know, of course, you want to. But um, you'll still you you get rewarded for driving safely and for doing like you know for driving well, like doing drifts around corners and stuff like that. So um, it's just a really inviting game with what appears to be a really positive community. And it's just like a really fun game just to hop in a car and just drive across the countryside and go crazy. If um, I was like at a Halo, obviously we played Halo games. I got a code for like the Warthog so I can drive a Warthog around <laughs> nice. in the game too. So it's just like, it's a blast. And I'm, you know, like I'm, like I said, I'm not even a car person, but um, it's just so much fun that if anybody wants to play, I'm happy to hop on and play. So, so, so really cool. I mean, you, you hit on it really quickly, but I wanted to ask briefly if I can, um, like I used to play Gran Turismo early, early on. Like I think one and yes, maybe two. Was there? I don't know what number they're on now. I know the I think, second like one got like, like five delayed. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually liked like kind of the level, at least in the first game, of like tuning and customizing your car. And you said that that does exist in Fort, like much like Madden or, or other games of that kind of ilk. Like I got left yes. behind very quickly, <laughs> where it went from like you can pick your playset to like you can control each arm, leg, and finger of the guy you're running, and you're like, I don't right, like, right, right, right. No longer know what's what's going on. So there is some level of like even tweaking the 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 guts of the car, or is it mostly yeah for show? So I think like hardcore racing game fans will tell you that there's not as much as they right. would want. But, you know, I, I don't know a lot about cars and stuff, but, like, as an example, if you want to change, like, like some kind of, like, downforce adjustments or gear ratios or some crazy stuff like that that I don't really get, um, there are things like that in the game that you can do. Oh, you can cool. also purchase, like, you know, actual part upgrades for your car so that, like, a Class B car will become, like, a Class, like, A car right. through, you know, through the upgrade system. And if you have, like, no idea what any of that stuff means, you can actually go onto the you know the community part of the of the game and then download somebody else's settings so if you can you know if you go to a forum and someone goes like hey you're having trouble with this race like i built this like spec that will help you do that with this particular car 
You just search that person's gamer profile. You can download their tuning settings if they've saved it and just load it right into your car and start oh, that's racing. Cool. So uh, that's cool. Um, like I said, the, the game rewards all skill levels and I think is inviting to all skill levels. And it's like I said, it's like putting on music and driving down the yeah. interstate with yeah, your buddies. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. Cool. It's crazy fun. That's yeah. Awesome. So that's awesome. Cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you can play this game for like 200 hours and never never see anything not yeah. like never see everything so right yeah, that's yeah. uh that's really fun yeah cool uh yeah so let's talk about luke cage luke cage spoiler free um, luke cage spoiler free yes. luke cage i will do totally spoiler free um I'll, I'll obviously preface this by saying holy shit there's a luke cage show yeah i know <laughs> what, what an age we live in where there <laughs> is there is a luke cage tv show that yeah. is crazy to me um uh I'll say good stuff and bad stuff. Uh, I think of the Marvel Netflix shows, this one has been my least favorite. Right. Um, but that being said, I, I love them all. So like of all of them, I think the order right now is for me, Daredevil season two, Jessica Jones season one, Daredevil season one, and then Luke Cage. And that's, that's the order mm. that, uh, wait, what was your and, first one? Uh, Daredevil season two. Okay, sure, got it. I really enjoyed it. I, I loved the the dynamic between him and Elektra, and, and yeah. the addition of the Punisher was just great, and had ninjas and stuff in it. It was just it was wonderful for me. But Same. um, mm-hmm. but uh, Luke Cage, uh, you know, I think the the acting, um, the main cast is great. I think a lot of the supporting cast, uh, I wasn't a fan of some of the supporting cast. Um, okay. I, I think. Uh, I think some of the acting, and I, I joked about this before, but some of the acting felt a little bit over the top in comic booky, whereas it did not in in the other Marvel Netflix series. So uh, I won't name any specific actors or, or characters even, but I feel like because some of them are actually spoilery, they're like surprise characters. But mm. um, I feel like some of them were just a little bit too, um, a little bit too out there. There, there's a, they, they even did at one point like a Warriors quote from the, the classic film, The Warriors. Like, but isn't come out and play? Isn't some of this intentional though? Like from what I understand, this is they are they are taking an angle on the show stylistically that they that basically neither Jessica Jones nor Daredevil really attempted. I guess is, is the way I'll put that. Y- yeah, like I, ja- like I, like, I, like black exploitation, Jackie Brown era movie tv show like that's that's what they were kind of aiming at for the early right. tone of the show from what i understand and i might be right totally off base i'm just saying that no i think i think you're absolutely right and i think um i think i think that's what they were going for and and parts of it worked really well but other parts did not like right. i think there was a bit of legitimacy to those 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 1970s and 1980s black exploitation films that um that kind of fell f- flat in luke cage at least for me like it sure. you could mm. tell it was like you, you could tell it was like uh trying to dress up something that 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 shouldn't be dressed up in that way you know what yeah. i mean i don't know yeah. for me it just it just and felt I, a little bit off yeah and i'm not trying to make this uh, like a like a, an uncomfortable conversation about race or anything no, no, just, no, it's, no. it's hard to talk about luke cage in this series i think specifically without right without saying that or bringing it up at all so 
Right. I mean, I mean, it's still a, it's still an incredible series. I yeah. really enjoyed the heck out of it. But I think you know, out of all of them, it, there were just parts. Uh, the pacing of it, it, it was really, really slow at some point to the point where Christina and I were like kind of looking at each other like, OK, like I feel like these two characters have had this conversation like five times already in the series. Right. And it just kind of felt a little bit drawn out. Um, some good things I really loved about it. They do. Um, I normally hate origin stories, but I think because Luke Cage is a bit of uh, he's not as well known as some of the other yeah, Marvel yeah. characters. They actually do show his origin story, whereas they kind of like really don't in daredevil they definitely don't in jessica jones um they kind of tell you daredevil's origin story verbally but they don't really show like you know the He's acid going to his eyes three episodes yeah yeah right absolutely they, they did show the kid thing they like, showed briefly, the kid though, but it, yeah but it's it very like, brief did yeah. they show that yeah yeah oh, yeah okay. yeah they show the acid scene stuff but it's it's like not even it's a mention in an episode it's not it's not like a, okay. two, a two episode arc or anything about Right, yeah, with Luke Cage. Cage, they actually kind of show, you know, how he becomes Luke Cage, and and that I found really fascinating. I found, like, you know, him him becoming the superhero uh, to be really cool. And and other things, you know, the, the arc of the series is, uh, it, it takes place uh, chronologically after um, Daredevil oh, really? Season 2, so there's... So there's mentions of what happens in Daredevil season two. There's some really cool mentions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They they like mention the Battle of New York. They refer to it as the incident, and they kind of briefly mention I want to say Thor at some point, mm-hmm. and um, they mention Daredevil. They mention Jessica Jones. Uh, so it's very much part of that universe. Um, there's some stuff, uh, some stuff from Iron Man two in there that if you <laughs> if you have a good eye, you'll notice some stuff from Iron Man two Iron in Man the cage, two? which I thought was. Yeah, Iron Man too. <laughs> okay, uh, which I thought was really cool, and um, you know, it, it it was great though. I think the most exciting thing for me um, was you know seeing seeing this universe come to life, and and um, the actor uh, Mike Coulter is that his yeah. name that pl- that plays Luke Cage was great. Um, I really felt that. Uh, he did a, a really outstanding job, and I, I think that you know when the defenders finally come together at the end of next year, we'll be getting something pretty damn awesome. Although I don't know, like I can't for the life of me think of who they're going to face off against. I guess they, they, well, they announced, announced it at New the, York Comic Con. They announced uh, who it is, but they didn't announce who it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. so it's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sigourney Weaver is going to be on the show now, which is crazy incredible right? that's I insane mean, yeah yeah that she's gonna be the villain which is just absolutely so unbelievable that I, I find it interesting that you say it slowed down a little bit for you because uh daredevil season two felt like it slowed down a little bit for me and i'm wondering yeah. if, if they're feeling like they have to pump the brakes a little to get through all of this character build up, you know, like they have to do iron fist still, and then they're going to do defenders. And then like that might get mixed into the movie universe. And it's like, I feel like they realized, Oh man, we can't pound through these stories because we're going to like outpace the film division essentially in timelines, timelines and character development and everything else. And it definitely felt like daredevil season two struggled from it the most where there was like two, maybe like two episodes too many. You know what I mean? Like they could have cut out about yeah. two hours of that mm-hmm. show and it would have been totally great. Um, and That's kind of how I felt about Luke Cage. Too. Yeah. It could have been trimmed. Although, you know, it's great to have these extra episodes. There are right. a lot of episodes that were just, you know, n- not entirely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, other, oh, really quick. Other things that kind of threw me, um, his powers are 
pretty awesome. Like, you know, he's bulletproof, superhuman strength. Um, when he's fighting normal people <laughs> yeah, for like the whole series, it gets like, I don't want to say like boring to watch, but like he can't be hurt for 90% of guys around. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Like, and they do like, you know, your typical Marvel Netflix, like hallway battle, which is like their thing now, which they're yeah. going to do in Iron Fist too. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but he does, he, they already showed a clip at yeah. comic con and it's yeah. him in a fucking hallway beating people yep. up, but they do it in Luke cage. And he just kind of is honestly like leisurely walking through this hallway, like Jason Voorhees <laughs> and like people are <laughs> bouncing doors off his head and stuff. And it's just kind of like, it's almost comical. Right. I mean, yeah. guess, I guess it's, as realistic as it would look but um you know we got spoiled by watching the hulk like punch a giant space worm so it's like it's very different it's very it's very for tv right so um some of the action sequences i think were a little bit more lacking in this one uh but they were you know just incredible in in daredevil so more of on the on the jessica jones level of action sequences than the daredevil level so yeah cool Cool. oh really quick the misty misty knight who's in this uh classic marvel character best character in the entire show she's really? fucking incredible and the actress is unbelievable so if they i think they already said misty knight's gonna be in the defenders but she plays a new york city detective who's like essentially jackie brown but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. she's just the best the best thing in the show she's great i think so. they said is she even gonna be an iron fist i think they said she would be an iron fist too i hope so because she honestly she was she was just great she's just top-notch acting I could definitely see, you know, uh, maybe even an Emmy, an Emmy nod. So cool. Dang. Good stuff. Good stuff from uh, from Misty Knight. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So what is the ocean horn, Scott? OK, so this will this won't take too, too long because ocean horn has been around for a while. It was a, a game that originally, I think, came out on uh, iOS or mobile devices. Oh, did it really? Um, yeah, I oh. think it did. And you may recognize the game because it looks a lot like The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this one? It's like three quarters down 3D, right? Yeah, but it's got like, it's got, you know, a, a boy with a sword and there's a, like a, he sails a, a small sailboat around in the ocean and visits different islands and stuff like that. Um, now, what is this Zelda you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and sort of this is the interesting paradox of Oceanhorn, which is the reason why I paid attention to the game and remembered it for so long is because there are some very obvious visual comparisons to uh, Wind Waker. Um, on the other hand, it is not a one-to-one mapping of The Legend of Zelda, which is kind of... I guess what I'm trying to say is that the game is good on its own merits. And so uh, I don't think that they needed to do so much of the, I don't know if you call it like a tribute or borrowing uh, certain visual and kind of some specific gameplay ideas from The Legend of Zelda. But on the other hand, would I I have paid attention to the game at all if that were not the case, right? Um, So that's kind of the weird thing about this game is that like if you go look up screenshots of this game and some gameplay, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is Legend of Zelda. But um, they they kind of do some things that are a little different. And, I'm looking at um, screenshots now, and I literally just said, "Oh my gosh, this looks like Legend of Zelda." Yeah, yeah, and with really good graphics, though the graphics look really fun. Yeah, so here's the here's the cool thing is that when the game came out on iOS a few years ago, like it was a fantastic looking game uh, on a mobile device for the time, and they recently brought the game to 
uh, console in on Xbox One, I think the game actually looks really good too because you think like, oh, we're going to take a mobile game, we're going to put it on console, it's not going to look very good. Um, and this one actually does, which is which is cool as well. Um, so that being said, like, you know, this game is what you might expect it to be. It is a, uh, you know, top-down uh, action-adventure game with some, you know, dungeons and puzzle-solving and stuff like that. Um, the The main character of the game visits all the different islands, and each island has a different puzzle or challenge to solve or a different dungeon. Um, it, you know, like I said, it was a mobile game, but this game... Uh, if you try to do everything there is to do in a game, could take up to 15 hours to complete. So there's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of value to be had um, out of something that was originally uh, a mobile game, which is really cool. Now, it doesn't necessarily follow the formula of of Zelda in the sense of a like a Metroidvania-style game where you need to, you know, you go to a dungeon and you get an, a piece of equipment and you use that equipment to defeat the boss or you use that piece of equipment to unlock a different you know, section of the map that you couldn't go to before. It's not quite like that. It doesn't have that kind of depth. Um, you know, like I said, it is sort of unfortunate that like you really can't talk about Oceanhorn without bringing up Zelda because the comparisons are almost unfair because, you know, the level of polish in a Legend of Zelda game is so high, right? And, you know, when you, uh, to play anything else, it kind of almost highlights how good Zelda games are in the way that puzzles are designed and the way uh, narratives unfold and how uh, different items interact to um, progress you through the environment. But that being said, even though uh, Oceanhorn kind of puts itself up against a very tall bar, the game that is actually there, uh, you know, on the screen is a good game, which, um, you know, which can be good or bad, like I said, depending on your on your yeah, perspective. That's hard when you're kind of, you know, you're, you're paying tribute to something that is so iconic it's you know it's it's challenging because they're always going to like you said they're always going to be compared yes but to their detriment right like because it'll never be as good as a, a Zelda title because it's a fucking Zelda title yeah those are like kind of like gold standard right you know, games in terms of polish and stuff like that right um, so you're right but um you know the game is not as deep as a Legend of Zelda game it takes about you know 15 hours to play through if you're trying to do everything. Um, but the the graphics looks really good. Oh, the music is is actually really good. It's like probably one of the one of the high points of the game. Um, and uh, you know, there's there's a story there about uh, what Oceanhorn is and how that kind of plays into the universe. Again, at times it feels like it borrows some ideas from Wind Waker, but not entirely. And um, I think they're actually making a sequel to the game. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, they they did the console release was to get more. Uh, more people looking at the game. And so, um, you know, like I said, I, I would recommend the game to, to people that are interested in this type of gameplay. Um, I would temper your expectations and and just try to appreciate Oceanhorn for the game that it is and not the, not the one that it looks like. Um, and I think if you're able to do that, you'll find that it, it has some of its own uh, charm that sets, sets it apart from a Zelda game, which is kind of cool. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the game is that they tried to implement a fishing mechanic, which is like, uh you know, at, at times uh, at times extremely frustrating just because of the way they design just the like fishing in real life what that's yes. wonderful fishing in real life is wonderful yeah, yeah it could yeah. be so frustrating especially when you, you hook your own ear 
<laughs> you ever do that <laughs> as a kid? I think the thing, I fishing in real life, like your only expectation is that you know you might hang out with your friend or whatever and, and have a beer or something, and then, or like your grandpa or something. Yeah, yeah. Like fishing, fishing yeah. in a video game is like goal oriented. <laughs> like it's true. Like yes. you can't walk away yes. empty-handed. You know. Right, and so like you know, depending on the game you know, games that you've played in the past that have fishing mechanics, sometimes it's just like, oh, when the lure goes underwater, you tap the button. But this one has like a, like a fight the fish mechanic to like wear it down and pull it out of the water. And it's like, that can take minutes in, in game world, like spending minutes doing something like that to catch multiple fish can be uh, infuriating. But all that, you know, if you take the fishing away, you can ignore it and play the rest of the game. Like the rest of the game is fantastic. So um, I would recommend it if you're looking for an arcade title, uh, arcade style title um you know in in the theme of a zelda game but one that eventually develops its own charm that's uh ocean horn awesome It's Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast at nerdappropriate.com. All right, so since we're in the fall, and that's kind of when a bunch of new stuff comes out, we thought it'd be cool to ask, what game, DLC, TV show, or movie release are you most excited about uh, this season? And we got a bunch of cool responses, and the first one is from uh, Jen, who is Moto on Xbox uh, from Girl Tribe Gaming. Uh, She says, Supergirl season premiere was tonight. Spoiler, it was awesome. Cool. Have you guys gotten that CW app? No. Nope. What's that? It's uh, CW put out an app for Xbox One and for Fire TV and Chrome and all that stuff where you get all their shows for free without a cable subscription. So if you want to watch all that Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, just for like free. It away? Yeah. Is it's there commercials on it? Uh, there's probably commercials. Oh, okay. um, but it's still all, all the CW content is now up next day after because, it airs and it's completely free because otherwise yeah, that is cool. a bafflingly bad business plan <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool though because it's not it's normally not up on um hulu yeah. you know right after so if you miss it and you don't dvr it you could be screwed so now it has its own app which just came out i think last week that's cool. nice so next up is wes watson uh, at edge x creedon and he says strangely enough I am looking forward to the new Sword Art Online Hollow Realization. Hollow Realization. Need a new time sink. Smiley face. I've heard lots of good stuff about this, actually. I don't watch anime really too much anymore, but this is such a cool concept about these kids who jack into a virtual reality game, and if they die in the game, they die in real life. And there's sort of this war going on in the VR world. So I I need to check it out one of these days. That's cool. Yeah, the next is uh, Bunny, Winged Linus, says uh, Moana, which is the new animated film with a rock. And I think that's going to be fun. That's Pixar, right? Is it Pixar? It is. I think the real reason a lot of people are excited is that Lin-Manuel Miranda did all the music. Ah. There you go. I see. Yeah. He was on SNL. He was was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have a, a co-worker who's a hardcore hamilton fan and she was like it was the greatest and i was like it was good yeah (laughs) like like, all right we can some of it i thought was really funny but you know i i didn't realize like the the guy you know he walked out 
and he didn't have like the long hair or the goatee. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. who? I was like, is that the same guy? Like, he kind of <laughs> looks like Tom Lennon a little bit, didn't he? Don't you yeah, think? Yeah. Like the shape of his face. Um, anyways, uh, Sam Nee at Eating Green Eggs says, I need to cheat. Doctor Strange, Assassin's Creed, and Fantastic Beaks. Be- <laughs> I can't get tired. <laughs> I may need to cheat. Fantastic Beaks. <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, Fantastic Beaks? I think we just found the name of this episode. Um, Fantastic Beasts, though. Uh, Assassin's Creed might take it uh, because, God, I really hope it's good. I really hope it's good, too. I'm really yeah. looking forward to um, the Assassin's Creed film. And I hope I can earn some uh, Uplay credits by going to see it. Uh, can I ask you guys this legitimately? Is Fassbender sure. a good actor? Uh, I do think he's a good actor from other things other than comic book and video game properties that I've seen him in. But, okay. like... I've only seen him in a handful of things, but he just c- kind of is always just, like, grimacing, and I just don't <laughs> feel like there's... Like, I don't know, I've never seen him really, like, he was in go that above movie, and beyond. He was in that movie Frank. Um, where he wore like a, a. I've always wanted to see that. It's Have really good. That? I reviewed it, didn't cool. I? On the show, I'm, I'm pretty sure I reviewed. I think it. you did. Yeah, yeah you reviewed it. it I still want to see it. It's such a even though I reviewed it. <laughs> no, I still want to no, see I'm it. Just saying, I'm saying uh, I still want to see it. Yeah, no, it's it's really good, and he's really awesome in it. As is um, Dominic, uh, Star Wars, and a bunch of other stuff. That guy. Yeah, redhead British guy. I can't remember his name. Dom, Dom Hall. Oh, okay, Dom yeah. Hall something. Gleason. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, okay. But yeah, he's good in that. I I have my reservations about Assassin's Creed, but we will see. We will see. Uh, Robert Freemaring at Mr. Slick says, I'm just excited for it to be dark at night so I can enjoy horror movies or games. Slowly started Dead Space because of you guys. I still need to Hooray. start it with you, Robert. You and I will play and shriek in terror together as we play that game. Yeah, uh, Robert's on Xbox now, which I'm really I know. excited about. He's, he's getting active over there, so maybe I might have to play some uh, Forza with him, which will be really exciting. Yeah. Times. Uh, Carlo, Platinum Fist. Hey, buddy. He says, uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I was psyched for Westworld, Westworld's fall release. been hearing lots of good stuff about Westworld, so uh, yep. I may need to reactivate HBO in yeah, a while. Yeah, that's what I'm going to yes. do. There's also another, there's like a new comedy out that I was going to watch on, on HBO as well. But the only person I've heard with a negative Westworld opinion is a guy whose opinion I don't trust on anything. So <laughs> there you go. I will not out um, names. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Justin Banks at uh, Sir Kingsman says, looking forward to the mega DC crossover event. Flash, uh, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends. That's cool. That's going to be crazy. Watched, I still haven't watched Supergirl. I know I need to catch up on it because I have heard many wonderful things, but... Uh, I need to catch up on Flash and Arrow though too. I'm like behind on all the DC shows. They're so, they're so long. <laughs> like if you don't they watch the season long. in time, it is 24 episodes of hour long episodes. It is it is a v- lot of content. I've uh, I've been keeping up with Gotham, and I thought that that was in its like third or fourth season, and this is only like <laughs> this is like two, the start of. It? Yeah, season two, <laughs> season one. Like for that same reason, felt like it was forever long because did go Balloon so Man many... come back? Oh, Jesus no, Christ. but uh, no, they introduced Fish... seventeen new bad guys. But Fish Mooney came back. Yeah. So, oh! but don't I worry, don't Ash. know how I feel about that. Don't worry, Ash. Fish Penguins Mooney. eat fish. Um, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew at a Baker and seven. Got that show? I can't. I can't even. At a Baker N7 <laughs> says, without a doubt, it's Rogue One. Star Wars always is my must-see slash have slash play. The only Star Wars I missed was the Connect game. 
Which I think we <laughs> you, played, you didn't miss it, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss it. It was yeah, it was hard. Was... It was hard to play. Ash, do you have an answer? Uh, do I have an answer? Obviously, Rogue One. Um, I am excited for Titanfall Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be cool. I'm excited for the single player campaign. Hopefully, we get in there and play. Um, Gears was my my big fall thing, and yeah. uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I would say Rogue One is the movie I'm really excited for, and there's another film coming out Doctor that Strange. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to get a yeah, no, is was that, it fantastic? That's not till next summer. Doctor Strange is November. Beat. Oh, is it? Yeah, Maybe it was Doctor Strange. Like three Doctor weeks. Strange and, <laughs> damn, Doctor Strange and Rogue One. Then those are the two that I'm going to have to go see. So those are those are what I'm excited about. Yeah. What about you guys, Scott? You got anything? Uh, save my, yours. No, no, they, they were pretty much the same. Rogue One, I'm excited to see, of course, and then um, you know Titanfall two for me as well because uh, you know although we're gonna get into some gears, uh, there's still something really special about jumping into a robot and running around and like punching other giant robots. So that's. Yeah. Like that will always be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's you, probably Matt? it's probably Doctor Strange, Rogue One for sure. Uh, Game wise, yeah, I don't know. Titanfall was on the list. The beta didn't mm. do a ton to to reassure me, but it didn't like not assure me either. It was just kind of like, oh, I think it wasn't as as uh, I don't know surprising, I guess, as it could have been. But it was an alpha or whatever right. it was. The, so I'm not the super online concerned. the online community felt very like more hardcore than the Titanfall one community. And that kind of concerned me a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's still early. I was looking forward to South park and then that got pushed back as yeah. well. So that was yeah, the other, that, too. that was the other one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next is from Haggis McHaggis, uh, who is at Haggis McHaggis on Twitter says, I'm kind of read completely addicted to the flash and Supergirl. I'm telling you flash season two, uh, is, is incredible. It's really, really well done. And Supergirl does a lot of like episode of the week stuff, but um, I really like the cast a lot. So if you're looking for an, a superhero show that's a little bit more lighthearted, then definitely check out Supergirl. Yeah. Oh, cool. oh, I'm such a dummy. Alyssa, thank you for writing what you just wrote. Yeah. I'm with her. Read it, Scott. <laughs> oh, uh, at Lissabit says, The Expanse and The Expanse. There's a new novel in season two of the show, and I need them. Yeah, the new novel uh, is slated for, I think, this winter. I think it's supposed to come out November, December. Dang, that's awesome. I feel that's like great. you guys have turned a lot of people onto The Expanse. We have a lot of listeners that have, have picked up that series. Dude, uh, I think Mac gets all I that credit. I think at your recommendation. It so. is such yeah, a pretty good cool. series of books. It's like hard to not, because I think it fits all reading styles, which is why I like it so much. But Tom at Guitar. I don't need to give them any more press. I've given them like hours upon hours of free promotion on the podcast. <laughs> Tom at Guitar. As if all our other promotion is paid. That was a. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Tom at Guitar Shred UK says Rogue One for me was skeptical at first of a prequel sandwich between episodes strategy, but they've sold me many times. Game wise, it's Battlefield 1. Dice are absolute magicians at making World War I setting look as stunning as their modern era games. I did enjoy Battlefield when we played it uh we never played together though right scott i don't think we did no we didn't and you know what's crazy is i'm pretty sure that you can start playing uh battlefield one if you have ea access like if not now like in a couple of days like it's so soon soon. so many games are coming out at the same time it's ridiculous yeah yeah but it was fun it was one of those games where i think we all decided it was like gears and titan fall kind of take our it's just like Ash said, it's hard to choose. It's yeah. hard to pick among all these like, you know, kind of 
globally similar games you know and i'm yeah. i am way behind on this stuff but you guys didn't mention it isn't um rebels back as well isn't that coming back it is yep. yeah it's on uh i think episode two or three already yeah oh, man i miss all of season two i need to pick that up again yeah yeah it's good let's see uh where are we uh laddie at laddie 1313 says i'm most excited for rogue one uh, PlayStation VR and here they lie. I'm not going to lie. I also think that uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare looks good. I think it looks good too. I think I'm just going to wait. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I heard a thing today that Infinite Warfare um, is an over 115 gigabyte installation. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Get them hard insane. drives, man. Yeah. Uh, last one is from Chris Jenkins. Says Dark Souls three DLC Dishonored two along with oh, seeing where things go with Westworld. So far, so good. It's too many things. Yeah, Dishonored two. Oh boy, it's crazy. What if Those I? Those are good answers, guys. I'm gonna come down for Christmas. What if I bring my Xbox with me? Is that okay? Is that a thing I can do? Yeah, sure. you can. You can come. We'll, <laughs> we'll do. We'll do an old fashioned LAN party. <laughs> I got a suite, man. My me and me and Melissa and my parents are sharing a two bedroom. That's Whoa. smart. That's actually really there smart. You go. Yeah, anyway. Well, you're going to invite me over and we're going to have a land party with you. Dad. That works. <laughs> he'll, he'll have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> oh, good times. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 248 of the Rated NA podcast. Um, we have a, a special Halloween episode next week that we've got to throw together, but uh, 249 <laughs> is going to be Halloween themed. I think I mentioned this on Slack and you guys yes. are cool with it. I think. Okay. I'm like, yep. did I say that out loud or was this an internal yeah. monologue? That I, okay, no, we talked about it. I wrote about um, it today. So that's next week and uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, you guys can find us on Twitter and it's at Nerd Appropriate. Please follow us there. We have a, a lot of new followers that we've gotten in the past couple of weeks. Uh, a lot of new podcasts are following us. So thank you guys so much and definitely reach out and uh, let us know a little bit more about your show. I'm going to try and listen to all of them. It's going to take me a while, but um, I definitely want to check all your shows out. So thank you for listening. And you guys can find us on YouTube. That's Nerd Appropriate on YouTube. We have a, a number of old interviews and special episodes up there for you to consume. We have Twitch TV slash Nerd Appropriate. And, uh, of course, what Instagram, Nerd Appropriate. Basically everywhere that you want to find our our stuff, just type in Nerd Appropriate and we'll probably pop up. Um, you can email us all, and that is Matt, Scott, and Ash at nerdappropriate.com. If you have a general question or just want to say, hey, you can write it to uh, nerds at nerdappropriate.com. And that's uh, pretty much everything, I think, right, guys? You nailed cool. it. It's- cool. Nailed awesome. It. All right. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. And with that, how about we get into some news? Let's do it. it. Does anybody need a break? Nope. Nope. Good. Cool.